0: Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, thank you for being with us once again here at the Corner of Truth and Courage. This is Tom Wallace. Yesterday, I was talking to you about strengthening your hands and being valiant. Uh, Folks, if there's a time for us to have courage and to stand up and to make a difference in our land. It is now. Let's not be you know, part of the people who are fretting, wringing our hands, and saying that the, the sky is falling and everything is falling apart on us here. Yes, we're in difficult times. And I know many people out there are saying, well, our hope is that the Lord is coming. This is All these things are coming to pass that uh, the Lord is coming. And I don't discount that. Please don't get me wrong. I do believe in the imminent return of the Lord. I believe in the rapture. I believe that any moment now, the Lord could call on Gabriel to blow the horn and the rapture occurs, and we, the saints, will meet the Lord in the air. And a lot of people are referring to that almost to the extent that, like, this is the answer. This is the solution. I can kiss all these terrible things goodbye. I can leave it all behind me and go up in the jump. Now, that would be wonderful. But uh, let's face it, we don't have a guarantee that the Lord is going to come this night, this season, this decade. It still could be another hundred years. We don't know. It's almost unimaginable that it would be further down the road. But we have to be prepared if it is. And God didn't call us just to sit and wait. He called us to occupy. And so we are to be busy about the Father's business, being salt and light, and taking a stand, and standing for righteousness, and upholding it. And so, my suggestion to you is to stop with the woe is me mentality. Just strengthen your hands and to be valiant. Where do I get this strengthen your hands from? Well, yesterday I was talking about that. It's found in Second Samuel chapter 2. The expression is used about 16 times in the Bible. And sometimes it was the enemies who strengthened their hands against God's people. But the idea here is to take hold, to, um, um, uh, to be ready to stand. And so strengthen your hands. Be valiant. Israel was in a crisis. King Saul had died, and Jonathan, his son, had died. And David's about to take the throne, but a civil war is about to erupt. And, and David calls on the people to strengthen their hands. I want to take you to another situation in the Bible. Because sometimes, you know, uh, we feel overwhelmed, and we feel that it's, it's just not possible for things to turn out good. And God has shown us time and time and time again through his word how God works in impossible situations. And sometimes God brings us to that point where we have to recognize we can't fix this. We don't have the solution. There's no way to fix this but God. And I want to take you to a story that we find in Second Kings, chapter six. One of the passages. I, in my youth, I used to always enjoy preaching uh, from this passage. Just a great challenge here. And what's happened? Well, you've got uh, Syria fighting Israel. <laughs> it seems like we're talking about modern news. No, I mean this has been going on for centuries. Uh, Assyria is trying to destroy Israel. And their king makes plans to plot to assassinate and ambush uh, the king of Israel. But it seems like every plan that they make in his bedchamber with his generals, his enemy, the king of Israel, knows about these plans and, and they are thwarted. And so the king of Syria is convinced, we've got a spy in our inner circle here his generals speak to them said listen no we're not betraying you it's that man of God from Israel that prophet Elias every plan we make in secret somehow he knows about it and 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 he tells the king and and uh, and, and we lose every time and so he says all right find him let's get this guy. And so I want to bring you to this passage, and there's a point that I want to make here in a moment. Some practical things, but uh, but listen here, verse 15. And so Elias's servant goes out uh, in the morning, and uh, you know he's going to get things ready for the day. And he says, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host can pass the city, both with horses and chariots. And he, so the enemy's uh, taken over the city. They've uh, they've circled it. And he sees it, and he knows what's going on. And his servant said unto him, unto his master, Alas, master, how shall we do? Now, uh, I think somewhere in the Hebrew, if you look there closely, it says, We're dead. (laughs) It's all over. (laughs) Master, we're dead. Um, What are we going to do here? And verse number 16, and he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us is more than they that be with them. And I'm sure the servant was thinking, uh, you're nuts. Look at verse 17. And Elisha prayed. And he said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And we find that God strikes the enemy with blindness, and they walk away free. And the point is this, is that even though physically, according to our abilities, we may be surrounded, we may think there's not much hope, but with God, there's always hope. And God is in the miracle business. And I want to tell you that there is hope for us. There really is. I know it looks bleak, looks terrible. What could, what could be happening? I believe that there's still hope. Now, first of all, COVID, this too will pass. This pandemic will, it's not probably going to be ending, you know, ending completely. There'll probably still be issues with it, but the pandemic side of it there, there will be an end to the pandemic, not to the disease, not to the, uh, to the um, COVID-19 itself. And uh, and medication will be brought out there and vaccinations, and the, we'll have a fight over whether everyone has to take it and all that kind of stuff because that's what we do here in America. We do, yeah, argue over our, our liberties. But the fact is that's going to come to an end. And the good news is it's a disease that 99% of people who get it survive. Now, some go through a, they, through the jaws of death. They go through the valley of death but they do survive, and many are very asymptomatic, and so on. The fact is, is that God could have made this worse if it's judgment from him, which I believe it has been. But the point that I want to make is that that will come to an end. There will be a recovery financially, and let's face it, we here in North America, Canada included, we're extremely blessed more than many nations of the world. And we may suffer loss. I mean, there may be people that uh, have lost their jobs or have lost their business and, and lost many things and uh, some of our dreams and some of our plans that we've been making, and uh, we may be knocked back, but I tell you, we won't be knocked down. Now, I want to say this. There's hope for us conservatives, for Christians, to retake the influence and leadership in our nation. There is hope. There is no other grassroots organization in North America that's larger than the church. We folks as Christians, we have a mighty influence in our land if we would use it, and if we would unite on the political, moral issues of our day, and unite to act on these things, we can have an overwhelming effect upon our nations here in North America. Just in the United States alone, we have 205 million Christians. Now, that's a wide term, what we call Christian. Doesn't mean everyone is really a truly born-again believer, (laughs) and doesn't mean that many of them even know much about their Bible. But the fact is is that those who named the name they named their their religion as Christian 205 million in a population of under 350 million so that's a huge in the words of of, uh, of our president that's huge folks Now there's some things that we need to start working towards and uniting And one of the things is getting out getting people registered to vote One of the sad facts is that Christians are poor attenders when it comes to the matter of voting. And if we did vote, we would have a huge impact. So we need to start registering. We need to start talking. We need to be mobilizing ourselves in that area. We need to start vocalizing our views to our friends. And I know it's not popular to have a conservative Christian viewpoint out there, but we've got to stop being quiet and silent. I know many are, especially because of the violence that's going on and the pushback that's uh, that's coming from the left. They try to shut us down and shame us and all this type of stuff, and these are bullying tactics. As I shared with you yesterday, all that's necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And we've got to stop being in the area of doing nothing and start mobilizing and vocalizing our views and not being ashamed of it. And you might say, well, it's impossible to take a stand with what's going on. Folks, with God, we can. And uh, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have to take on the mind of God, the mind of Christ, and start speaking it and vote for it. We need to vote out those who uh, are standing for evil. We need to replace them with God-fearing men and women in government, not just on the national scene, but we have seen how important it is to to, uh, to vote for God-fearing people even in local government. I mean, I have never seen more of an example of how important it is to also be involved in voting on our local level. And here's another site. We need to start encouraging people to get out there and say, well, there's no good candidates. Well, let's start putting ourselves forward and being the ones. We need to start encouraging our young people. In that area. And, and let me look forward, not only just fixing what's in the now and now, we need to be looking forward and start taking over our school boards and taking over our schools. We need to start encouraging good people to get back into our public school system and to start standing up for righteousness and to have the school board filled with God-fearing people who will support them and protect them to do their job and to speak out for righteousness. We need to strengthen our hands and be valiant. We have an opportunity, and I believe now is the time for us to act. Join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.